Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back. The topic of the podcast for the next few days is when to fire a buyer. Now, the original title was when to fire a buyer or when the buyer should fire you. Uh, but I decided to make it a little bit friendlier so that it's just going to be focusing on when agents should fire a buyer. And this is a really good uh, podcast series because, again, we know this is the time of year. Well, really, any time of year is the time of year where if you're not super discerning, if you're not pre-qualifying, if you're not really trying to um, not waste time with, frankly, the buyers that can never perform, you could lose weeks, months, and the entire year, essentially thinking you had leads that were going to transact and actually never end up doing so. So if you're going to be working with buyers, which all of you at some extent will be, and a lot of you are starting out working with buyers, that's a natural progression for agents when they get their licenses. You've got to become super picky, professionally picky, shall we say, about which buyers are you going to work with. So we've talked on the past podcasts about the pre-qualification letters. We talked about different ways to make sure that the buyer is actually financially able to perform and all these types of things. Go back and listen to past podcasts. We talked about the pre-qualification process. And now today we're going to be focusing on what exactly, Julie? The buyer presentation. And this is part one of a three-part series. We're going to talk about the buyer presentation. We're going to talk about why you would want to have, yes, I said buyer presentation. I know you're all used to hearing about listing presentations, but buyer presentation, what's in it? Why would you want to use it? And then we're going to talk uh, tomorrow about some buyer rules. How do you know when it's somebody that's actually going to buy for real? And then by Friday, we are going to talk a little bit about when it might be appropriate for the buyer to fire the agent. But it's not fair to talk about that until we set agents up to know what the buyer process should actually be, including the presentation. So we have fact number one. You guys say this all the time, but here's a fact. Buyers aren't liars. They just have no idea what to expect. They don't know what the correct process is. They don't know what to expect from you what you should expect from them or anything else that agents like to get upset about. So the fact is, it's not the buyer's fault. It's the agent's fault for not educating them on what is supposed to happen throughout the process. This is also why agents don't typically get the buyer agency form signed. Remember that the definition of close is the logical ending to a great presentation. Let's, if, le let's yes. level off there. Mm -hmm. So the reality of it is to think about all the, Julie just said three really, really important things. Now, you are, many of you, gravitating towards working with buyers because it's physical labor primarily, right? Your, your nights, your weekends, all your free time, opening doors, driving people around, you know, being friendly, all those types of things. It doesn't require that much skill at the end of the day to work with buyers. And that's the reason so many agents gravitate towards working with buyers when they get into the real estate business. And of course, Zillow and all these other companies have learned that. And so now, because many agents get into the business and, you know, gravitate towards working with buyers, don't know how to generate their own leads, they then start buying buyer leads from big companies like Zillow. 10 years passes and you've never mm -hmm. really learned how to do anything 
other than you know follow that pattern and then sure enough what happens is the market starts to change is what we're experiencing now so here's the process that you're gonna have to be thinking about or the thought the change and approach you're gonna have to be thinking about not only if you really want to start having the buyers respect you more you're gonna have to start respecting yourself more and that starts by you again being very first of all not buying leads anymore learn how to be a proactively generator that's not the topic of today's podcast now and very thorough pre-qualification including financial, you're qualifying the buyer for motivation, the lender's qualifying the buyer for financial uh, qualification, ability. ability, right? Again, not the topic of past pod, that's a topic of past podcasts. What we're focusing on is once you've gotten a buyer that is going to, that is, uh, you know, essentially passed through the gauntlets and they're, they're proven their ability financially to perform and they've also proven their willingness, their motivation to perform. So this is a good buyer. This is what we call a AAA buyer. Now what? You are now going to learn how to actually give that buyer a professional presentation, show them, explain to them all the facets of um, what you do and how you work with them. Now, don't assume, even if you have a someone who's transacted before, don't assume that they know all the things that as a buyer's agent that you can provide for them. They might not know you can work with builders. They might not know some of these other things. You're, that the whole point of your presentation is to show them what you do. And again, I want you to pay attention here. As if you are becoming a listing agent, if you are a listing agent, you give a presentation. At the end of the presentation, you get the listing contract signed. Working with buyers is going to evolve for many of you. If you're smart, if you want to be a professional, is going to evolve and follow the same process. You're going to give a presentation to a buyer. At the end of the presentation, the buyer is going to sign the agency form in the exclusive buyer agency form. That is the goal that you should have for yourself, the minimum standard you should have when working with buyers. You treat yourself with more respect, you'll find that your buyers treat you with more respect and you also found find that your buyers are going to purchase faster send you more referrals because you've ele- elevated your status in their minds as a true professional versus everybody else who calls off a sign and the next thing you know the agent uh you know will leave whatever the heck they're doing and just open a door for a house without uh, having any pre-qualification with that buyer we you know we call those pop tart agents mm-hmm. so you guys getting where we're coming from on all this elevate your game and start having dramatically different results well that's right and why do agents not get those buyer agencies and exclusive agency agreements signed because they're not making the presentation if the definition of a close is the logical ending to a great presentation and you try to close without having done any presentation of course you're going to hit some uh knows from the buyer, right? So if you try to close for a signature on those things without, then why would they want to sign? Of course, you'll face rejection and never want to ask again. This and is we, what agents say all the time. And we do want you to use exclusive buyer agency contracts. We want you to have them agree to work with you for a certain, exclusively work with you for a certain amount of time. And they, we want them to be obligated to you, but you're also obligated to them. Mm-hmm. Now in our coaching program, we'll show you how to put some unique selling propositions into your buyer agency contract. For example, you could put some service guarantees in there. We're gonna talk about that. The moral of the story is, is when you sit down with the buyer after they've proven their ability to purchase and their motivation to purchase, then it's time for you to get them to be committed to you. And you can put risk reversals in there. You can put uh, you know service guarantees, communication guarantees. You can mitigate, remove, 
remove all their potential fears that they have mm-hmm. of being working with you exclusively and make it, make it so they feel comfortable, confident, not just that, but excited to be working with you. That's the point of having a professional presentation. How are you going to learn how to do that? On today's podcast, well, the next couple of days podcast, we're going to be going over all these points, obviously, and Julie's about to get to point number one. But really, at the end of the day, for those of you who are serious about your real estate careers and those of you who are ready to take your businesses to the next level, of course, you want to become Premier Coaching clients. Premier Coaching, a big part of it is everything we're going to be talking about, obviously, in a lot more detail. We're not going to be giving you the buyer agency, you know, essentially the whole prequal script. We only have a half hour today. We don't, I'm not going to give you the buyer presentation. We, you know, obviously these things take time and they require a lot of effort. So you're going to have to learn how to do all of this. This is the point of being a professional. Just like if you were to go see a doctor or anybody else, they're going to have a process to follow, develop the same process, and you'll start making a lot more money, helping a lot more people. Step number one is for you to join Premier Coaching. We've made it very easy for you because it costs you nothing. You can join Premier Coaching now. You can, by simply texting the word Premier to 47372, Text the word Premier, P-R-E-M-I-E-R, to 47372. And when you do, you can instantly join Premier Coaching for free for 30 days. And yes, that includes everything that we're talking about. And yes, that includes a daily semi-private coaching session with your Harris Certified Coach. All you have to do, and do this now, you can do it while you're on the phone with us or while you're listening to us on your phone, is text the word Premier to 47372 and join Premier Coaching now. Join Premier Coaching. You're going to find out the exact information in the exact format that you need to elevate your business. Now, not all of you are serious about your business, but for those of you who are, this is the next natural step. So text the word Premier to 47372. And remember, it's free, so you have nothing to lose. Now, you see what I just did there? This is what you guys are going to learn to do as well when you're giving buyer presentations. I'm explaining to you that you can join Premier Coaching. It doesn't cost you anything. And you're going to get all these benefits of being a Premier Coaching client for 30 days. And obviously, we then were hoping that you're going to stay on, stay a long-term Premier Coaching client. But we're going to take all the risk off the table and we're going to let you see what you get. And then you, when you feel comfortable and confident that you're going to love what you get when you work for us, then you're obviously going to want to stay on for the long term as thousands of agents have. That's the the same exact approach you're going to take when you're working with both buyers and sellers. You're going to be doing complete risk reversal so that, you know, buyer or seller does not have to feel like they're, they have any real risk when choosing to work with you. That in itself makes you unique in the marketing, uh, marketplace. So as far as uh, coaching goes, text the word Premier to 47372 and do that now. And remember, message and data rates may apply. Yes, not to mention the buyer presentation is part of our coaching, along with lots of coaching calls to show you how to present it. So our buyer, our proven buyer's presentation, yours soon to be, specifically addresses several key challenges that agents and brokers have with buyers. Point number one is a long point. There's a lot to it, but here's why. Point number one, what is the actual process to correctly purchase a home? In what order will the buyer need to execute those action steps? Now, first time buyers are especially in the dark about what to do and how to act, but other buyers from different markets or countries can also be confused. It's not their job to know what to do. It's your job to set the expectations and educate them. 
You've also noticed that folks that haven't bought for several years may have different expectations than what today's market requires. You know, if you bought a house five years ago, sure, it was a hot seller's market, but you didn't have to do half the crazy stuff you have to do today, right? Well, but also the same thing's going to change because now buyers are getting maybe mm -hmm. overconfident about what's happening in the market. Yep. And so if you don't know how to educate those buyers on what is an acceptable offer, even though the market is starting to shift towards a neutral market, where you know, it's not going to be a buyer's market, we don't think, for any time soon, but it is going to start creating more opportunity for buyers not to have to you know chase the offer up they're going to start being able to negotiate again and get inspections done and appraisals done and they're going to start mm -hmm. you know those types of things are going to start happening they already are across the country we hear it from all of our top coaching clients but the moral of the story is is you're going to have to learn how to set correct expectations for your buyers you know you a lot of uh, i'd say weak salespeople. that's what you guys uh your salespeople. let's just make sure you're not a weak one a lot of weak salespeople will try to lure buyers to work with them by making you know statements that they can never live up to. Like I'm gonna, we're gonna you know bludgeon the seller and get the seller oh, to know. you know somehow sell the house to you at half price. They make all these promises that they can't deliver on, hoping to sort of bait and switch that buyer into working with them. Don't act like that. Don't, you know, these are all the types of things that we really are going to well, drill down on with you in coaching. Yeah. And, you know, one of the other things that I see is agents who are trying to earn the buyer's loyalty will just show anything anytime without knowing anything about the buyer. The buyer won't respect you. And you here's what you'll discover. And I remember, you know, frankly, dozens of times this happened with Julie and I is we will have buyers that we would have buyers that would show up in our lives and they would call or stop by the office or whatever. We'd just somehow interact with them. And they would say, I've been working with this agent for six months or for three months or four months. And they've mm -hmm. showed me dozens and house, dozens of houses. And then we would take them through our buyer pre-qualification script. How long have you been looking for a house? I've been looking for a house for 90 days. Well, that's fantastic. Congratulations. Have you seen anything you've liked in the last 90 days? Well, yes. Matter of fact, I have. There was some new construction that I looked at on my own. There was these other houses. Well, did you make any offers on those houses? Well, no. That, well, it, was there any one particular house that you really liked? Well, the house over on Elm Street. Um, oh, I, know, I remember that house. That's a great house. So what about that house did you like? It was this, it was this, it was this. Okay, fantastic. So why did you not make an offer on that property? And then you can start learning what their motivations are. And then you start getting into what they're, you know, you start asking questions about the lender and all of this. And what you'll discover is a lot of times the other agent was afraid, didn't have the skill set, frankly, yep. to give permission to that buyer to actually purchase the house. And the agent themselves were routinely talking that buyer out of purchasing a house by not being professional. I know. It but, sounds crazy, doesn't it? But that happens all the time. Well, it happened. I remember when you and I sold real estate yeah. and we would show up to some of our listings and you'd see an agent come in, always an inexperienced one, who then would blather on and on about acting like they're a home inspector, acting like they're an appraisal. Uh, yeah. They'd walk in and start giving their opinions on the decorating. Mm -hmm. Open the door, shut up, let the buyer make their own <laughs> determination. And there's yeah. never a house you don't like, buyer's agents, agents in general. Every house you like, if they like it, you love it. If they if they don't like it, you like it. You guys get it? You never have anything bad to say about a house. Especially Be now when sellers are filming everything. Come on. Yeah, exactly. All those little cameras <laughs> and those little net, uh, those little uh, you know rings and all the rest yeah. of it. They're all recording you, and I promise you, they're sitting a couple doors down watching you on their cell phone as you you know spout off about this or the other thing. I, there used to be a reality show about that. Actually, no, I, I know it's terrible. It's terrible. Okay, so. What is the actual process to actually go, you know, do this the right way? So start with the actual buying process, educate your buyer prospects about not just what has to happen, but the order in which it needs to happen. So for example, 
First, they have to become pre-approved, ideally get an actual loan commitment from a mortgage lender. You can supply your buyer with a standard list of documents required to apply for the mortgage and, and the specific lender can add anything in particular to their program. Your buyer should also be aware of their own credit scores at this point in the process. Now, how many of you are showing property today to somebody who does not have a loan commitment, doesn't know their credit scores, and hasn't actually applied? Well, what we would often do when Julie and I had our uh, real estate, we did have a real estate team, and we had seven buyer's agents that worked for us, is we would have the buyer's agents every week, they would show up, uh, up and we'd do a team meeting. And in the team meeting, the whole purpose of the team meeting was for them to get really good at presenting the buyer's presentation, which again, that was a, it was a, essentially a, a flip chart in essence, since you know, we could do it on notebooks too, whereas explain to the buyer the whole entire process. And a lot of it was explained to them why they have to go mm -hmm. to the point of getting fully committed. Um, now, if you had somebody if, uh, like, for example, a buyer, it's a reload buyer, um, generally speaking, those are fantastic buyers. And let's say they didn't start working with a lender. One of the things we would often do is we'd have the lender, when they would come in for the buyer's presentation with the goal of getting the buyer, the exclusive agency contract signed, we'd also have the lender there mm -hmm. to take the actual loan application right there on the spot. Yeah, and I remember a lot of times if they couldn't make that appointment, they would be there on the phone in the conference room yep. and do it anyway. Okay, We're, so And, yeah. and we would have the, we'd have the application there that mm -hmm. the borrower could then fill out. And then see that when a borrower is filling out applications and giving over financial documents and, you know, essentially sitting through a presentation, signing buyer agency contracts, that's probably a really, really good buyer. But where are you guys spending your time? Somebody calls you today and uh, you're going, they, they're going to say, I want to see one, two, three Elm street, or I'm an investor. I'm looking to buy 177 properties and they all have to be a good deal. And then those are the people you guys are spending your times with. Dare I say, wasting your time with, you need to value yourself as a professional before they value you as a professional. And if you're going to start working with people that you're not actually, and there's safety concerns too, frankly, yes. when you guys are Pop-Tart agents and you just show up to a house and you show a house without actually having them pre-qualified, again, that goes back to um, one of the things we always coach all of our uh, clients to do, coaching clients to do, is you always meet them at ideally your office. Of course, nowadays, nobody goes to a real estate office. So meet them at Starbucks, meet them mm -hmm. at someplace that's neutral. Don't meet them at the house necessarily unless you've got somebody that's going to be with you. It's yes. just a basic safety just concern. Smart. And some of the markets across the country, it's a major concern. Don't want to freak you guys out. It's called common sense. Yes. Okay. So related to back to the financing first step, if your buyer is all cash, they need to secure a proof of funds letter from the entity where their cash is parked, bank accounts, investment accounts, et cetera. And here's a cautionary tale. Is that cash coming from the sale of something that has not yet sold? Okay. It, it is not always disclosed. It's not always a point of discussion, but when they have a proof of funds letter, it needs to state where the money's coming from. Again, we've done many past podcasts on this. Yep. We just did one um, maybe a day or so ago. Go back and listen to the very important podcast we did on making sure your buyer is actually working with a very qualified lender and you're not essentially, I hopefully you're, you are taking Clear. away from this. The fact that if you're working with a buyer that has not actually been pre-approved with the only, or, or really basically uh, what would be the ultimate term? Uh, loan commitment. Loan commitment w with the only thing still maybe being uh, in question is the appraisal of the house that they find themselves in contract on. If you're working with buyers that have not gone to that level, you need to really ask yourself why you're so willing to risk all that time working with yeah. people that might not perform. Well, and can't perform it if you're competing and somebody does have all, real all cash or a commitment letter and you don't, you know, you're not even competitive. You just wasted all that time. So next, again, we're talking about process here. 
The next thing is to sit down with you for your buyer presentation. And again, we're going to drill down on what goes into that presentation. We're not giving it to you all on the podcast. That's a coaching thing, but we're going to expose you to why the presentation is so critical. So the next thing you're going to do is discuss their expectations. What are their must-haves and what are their would-be-nice-to-have items? Help spouses or partners have a meeting of the minds. What can they reasonably get for their price range and their geographic requirements? Again, if they don't have a price range because they haven't done the loan process, you've already stopped dead in your tracks. Create a strategy if they're buying and selling at the same time, which should happen first based on what their needs are. And we have coaching on how to actually handle this. Buy first, sell second, build first, sell second, all these different options. So one of the things, and I'm not going to go into great detail on this, but I'm going to expose you to this because it's incredibly powerful. One of the things you have to do is you, Julie just said it, you have to set the expectations of what the marketplace is actually going to be like. And don't listen to, even if they're blowhards and they've been in the market forever, bought and sold a million houses, you still have to set realistic expectations by causing them to go through a more formal process. And it, once they go through it, that's going to be a really good buyer. That's yes. going to be the difference between what a lot of you guys are. If, if your intuition, your gut tells you this person's uh, not going to actually per, uh, purchase a house and you're just working with those people, hoping and praying that somehow magically and mystically they end up transacting with you. You already know that you're probably wasting your time. But here's one of the little approaches, for example, that works very well. Let's say, for example, I don't use Julie and I's example. We used to sell real estate. Uh, one of the markets was in an area called Worthington, Ohio. It's actually where we're from. And so if you had a buyer that was looking in Worthington, Ohio, and you'd sit down and you could do this on the phone prior to the meeting with you too, as you ask them where they work, and you write it down, obviously. This is all part of our buyer pre-qualification process. This is all part of the premier coaching. You ask them where, if they go to church or go to synagogue or go to mosque, you ask them where their kids go to school. You're wanting to find out how big of a world that they live in. Now, I'll punchline it for you guys here. Most people, and it, depending on how big their city is, live within a very, very smart, uh, small uh, you know, circumference. You know, it's not always, a, you know, I mean, a circles, you're not really what it is, but they live within usually no more than maybe 10 miles of their home. They go to a grocery store there. They go to a gas station there. If they work out, they go to the gym that's there. This kid's school there, the church is there. Da, 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 da. So they don't realize that basically they're living in their own self-imposed bubble. But there's another interesting fact that it's since, I don't remember the exact number, but it's over 90% of everybody is born and dies within a 25 mile radius at the exact same spot. My numbers might be a little bit off, but you're getting the gist of it. So it's normal and natural for people to always be within the same, you know, sort of geographic region. That's powerful to understand because when you get a buyer in and you're going to ask them, okay, where do you work? All those questions I just gave you and a whole bunch of others too. And then what you're going to do is in front of them, ideally, you're going to have a map. And, you know, a printed map, guys, I don't know if you're familiar with what it's on print, paper, it's on paper, right? <laughs> a printed map. And then what you're going to do in front of them is you're going to put a little star or a little red dot or whatever around. Okay. This is where you go you know, star on where you work, star on where you go to church, star on where your kids go to school, star, da, 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 da. Okay. Then you're going to put all these little stars and you're going to see indeed that they're just like everybody else. And they're living in the same sort of, you know, drive time distance from everything. Okay. That's good to know. Now then you're going to also have known this through pre-qualification, what their housing criteria, what they're looking for in a house, four bedroom, two and a half bath up to 600,000 or whatever it is. Right. Okay. So in that area where you can essentially have a, you know, well, the other question I neglected to ask is how long are you willing to drive uh, to get to 
work, for example, or to get to church, for example, or to go to the grocery store. And most people are going to say 10 or 15 minutes. Now, I know if you live in a big city, the dream of work, driving to work in 15 minutes is, you know, they're never going to happen. But you, you know, so you have to adjust accordingly. Maybe they're willing to drive further to work, but the rest of their life, they want it to be within a very tight confines of everything. Makes sense, right? So once you have all these little geographic hotspots all mapped out, and then you're going to, you know, drill down on what type of home they're looking for, what type of price range, and then you're going to show them, okay, over here, this is the Oak Horse subdivision. Down here is the, you know, Wetmore subdivision. Over here is the Tall Tree subdivision. These areas all have houses that were, are within the same geographic area, roughly speaking, of what you're looking at. Um, and furthermore, they also have the same price range. And you, you said you wanted a house that was, you know, 10 years or newer. And these houses all have houses in you know, this communities all have houses that are similar to that. And they're going to see that you actually put a lot of effort into listening to what mm -hmm. they said and really focusing in on helping them to understand the ramifications of what they're looking for versus what most of agents do. They wait around for the buyer to send them a bunch of listings yep. and the, the buyer, most of them, most people have the inability to focus, let alone focus on something that's going to be such a big decision for many of them in a decision that some of them really don't have the emotional or really, I would say, um, psychological experience to push through without somebody being a professional and helping them make the right decision. Again, that's what a professional does. If you want to be seen as a professional, the answer isn't to go on YouTube and act like you're a professional and make videos trying to convince the world you're a professional. It's actually to become a professional. All right, you guys conceptually get it. Then what you're going to say is in these subdivisions where there's houses that roughly meet your criteria, uh, you're going to see that the price and, and roughly meet your price range and you know everything. This is how many houses are actually available in these three subdivisions. And then you're going to give them the list and you're going to find that in the three subdivisions, if you're lucky, there's going to be two or three houses available in each of those uh, um, communities. Now you're going to go back to your pre-qualification. So Mr. Mr. Buyer, you said very clearly to me that you did not want to have any two stories, that you wanted everything on the first floor. Is that still true? Yes. All right. That eliminates this house, this house, this house, this house. And then what you're going to find is you're going to whittle it down to usually three or four houses that actually meet their criteria that are actually, you know, geographically located in the area in which they want to live. I way oversimplified it, but this is all part of the buyer presentation. After you've had this conversation, this interaction with this buyer, you're going to all of a sudden, you guys get the difference between what you're probably doing now and what we just described, just a tiny sampling of it. The difference is you being a professional and you not being a professional. That experience with you is so, ex now you're going to say to yourself, and some of you are saying this right now, no buyer is going to sit down with me and they're not going to go through that process. They're not going to this, the other thing. Okay. That's right. Those are not called buyers. Those are called lookers. Yep. Serious buyers, which unfortunately some of your newer, the newer agents that are listening, you don't have really any experience to know what I'm saying is true. The, the non-motivated buyers are going to be the ones that are the least likely to take a profession, to listen to someone who has a professional approach because they know at the end of the day, they're just screwing around. Yeah, the serious, they don't, the, they don't care if they waste your time, especially since you don't seem to care if you waste your time. You guys get it? Hopefully this is all, oh, Tim, I sort of understand. Mm, hopefully the this light all, bulbs are going you know, on. Exactly. That's what yes. we're hoping for. And you know what else was cool that we learned somewhere along the way? I can't remember who taught us this was... Um, when you have a buyer who is like a move up, it's not their first house, ask for a picture of where they're moving from. Totally. What, what does their house look like? Because way back whenever they bought that two years ago, 10 years ago, they loved that house. So all you really have to do in most cases is find a bigger version of that house. You guys got to listen to what Julie just said. It's so true. And I'll tell you something else that's hilarious. 
is even though their furniture might all be like 20 years old, they're going to, no matter what, try to find a house where their, you know, furniture still fits. And I'll tell you the real emotional hot button, any, you know, experienced agents listening, you guys will laugh when I say this, it's their master bed. For some reason, this master bed that they probably bought at a garage sale, 1962, if that's going to be no matter what, that's going to be the thing that they're going to buy a house around, but they won't tell you that, but they're emotionally, that's the process they're going through subconsciously. But Julie's little tip to you guys, ask for a picture of the house they live in now, because 99% of the time, nobody's going to go from a two-story brick colonial and all of a sudden buy some sort of Miami Vice, you know, (laughs) uh, modern house with, that's all glass. That is not how humans behave. Nope. If they love their front porch today, they're going to love it more tomorrow. So get a picture. And that's a good way to bond with them as well and to show that you're actually trying to tune into what they're after. Now, let's say that all of that has gone great. And Tim just gave you some fantastic strategy for what you're going to do when they do meet with you. And you can do that at Starbucks as well if you're not going to meet at the office. It's all right. So let's say that all of that is in alignment. The next thing, you've got to discuss what will actually be expected when they do find the right home, when you find the right home for them, are, does your market and their price range still expect them to close the appraisal gap, go over the list price, flexibility with closing dates and possession, free seller leasebacks? So some of it is their expectations and you setting expectations of what actually exists that meets their criteria. But then we also have what does the market expect out of them and can they hack it? Because it's not for everyone right now, even though we're having a shift. So next, guess what? Sign the buyer representation agreement with you. And we're going to get into more of the presentation here in a second. Then you start looking, then you start looking for a home, not before all of this. Then you write the contract, you go pending, you remove contingencies and you close. I have had several coaching calls with people uh, recently who have, uh, who have, the coaching client has said that they're showing properties to people that, you know, they don't even have their pre-approval. So that was a long point, and this is going to go faster than you think. I know you were scanning through. Okay, so again, buyers aren't liars. They don't know what to expect. So the buyer presentation uh, shows what to expect from you and what you should expect from them. Go ahead. This point is point number two. Number two yes. yes. Point number two, the buyer presentation explains what they ex- what you expect, you know, from them, what they expect from you, how you're going to work with them, essentially your risk reversals, for example, one of the ones we'll suggest to all of you, and we teach you guys how to do this in coaching. And, and Julie wrote really some exhausting amount of notes and points to all this. All these points live on our podcast, timandjulieharris.com. They're also over on um, iTunes. They sometimes got uh, get completely published in their long-form format over on Spotify. So go and read Julie's notes. We're not going to go through all these points because this is exhaustive. Uh, but at the end of the day, just download the points. But remember, this is just surface information compared to what you guys get in coaching. For those of you who are ready to move forward and become coaching clients, it's free for the first 30 days. No strings attached, no obligation to you whatsoever. Perfect time of year for you to take advantage of this. Just text the word Premier to 47372. Text the word Premier to 47372. For those of you who don't want to text or for whatever reason can't text, maybe you're in Canada, just go to members dot tim and julie harris.com just go to members and it's plural members dot tim and julie harris.com and you can sign up there as well okay and i'm going to stick to most of the bold here so point number two the buyer presentation explains what to expect and from you and what you can expect from them this way they'll know what is appropriate behavior while they're looking you know the stuff you guys like to complain about so first you expect them to be loyal to you because you're spending time and energy finding them a home that meets their criteria and are going to negotiate on their behalf to win 
this is a good time to present them with several different ways that you search, which are not just the MLS. And remember, we've done entire podcasts on how to find inventory that's not in your MLS. Well, this is part, actually, Julie, this is a major part of the buyer presentation that they get with coaching is where yep. we're explaining to them. And I hope you're listening to what Julie's saying. If you are just another agent who's just showing houses to the buyers that they already can find themselves, you have not differentiated yourself, you've not made yourself special, you're fungible, which means you're easily replaced with something else. The whole point of the presentation is part of it is going to be explain to them all the different places that you're going to go to try to find them a house and you're going to do this extra legwork to try to find them a house and explain what you're supposed to say and how you're supposed to say it. And we're talking about all kinds of different sources. There's like at least 20 different places you can find homes for sale that are not the real or not realtor.com Zillow or the MLS. Yes, Next point, Julie. Which we have done extensive podcasts for you about. Okay. They can expect you to be loyal to them and actually find them what they want. You coach them to always say they're working with you and give them 10 of your business cards, whether they are looking at new construction, for sale by owners, open house sellers, or other listing agents. This is also the list of things that make you know buyer's agents mad, so we're covering our, our bases here. You coach them to not apply for any new lines of credit until they've closed. This includes boats, cars, and anything else that requires a credit check. If they're buying and selling with you, make sure you do a seller's net sheet and you've captured all the payoffs required home equity lines of credit, other liens, et cetera. And some sellers actually believe that the HELOC, the home equity line of credit, is not attached to the house. Yes, that has to be paid off. Have a title agent or your broker help you with the net sheet if you're uncomfortable doing these numbers until you get into the habit of doing it. By the way, a great place for you to meet to do the buyer's presentation is ideally if it's a seller, you can meet at the seller's house. Yes. No, there's never been a buyer or a seller in the face of humanity that's ever wanted to go to a real estate brokerage office. <laughs> so uh, you don't even need a real estate brokerage office anymore if you don't want, nope. you know, here, here's your proof. Look at eXp Realty, no real estate brokerage offices. Nobody cares. Back when Julie and I were selling real estate, we had very rarely did we have actual consumers come into the office. We would ask the buyers to come in and the buyers would usually meet us at the office. We'd give the presentation and then we'd be off to the races. But they'd always prefer to meet at Starbucks or some mm -hmm. local coffee joint because it's more casual. But frankly, in environments like that, oddly enough, they're less stressed and they're more likely to sign the exclusive buyer's agency contract quicker than if they're in some office where they're unfamiliar. Yeah, and, and if they're going to sell with you, it's easy for you to meet with them at their house and you can see their house and you can do a strategy session. Uh, but next, you're going to review what the next steps actually are with your buyer uh, person. So is it time to finish their pre-approval or are they ready to go buy something? Set your next appointment before this appointment is over so you don't have to chase the client down in voicemail, texts, and email. Also a good way to see their commitment level. So, so here's the, I'm going to give you a little, guys, again, this is part of the premier coaching, but we want you to never have to show those buyers any more than maybe five or six houses. What are you talking about? That's insane. How can you possibly say that? Because you followed our pruning process to explain to them really virtually every buyer, there's not a million different houses that they want. Like a buyer might say, for example, I'm looking for some, I want a really, really big yard. I want a huge lot. And you live in the city and that just isn't going to happen. And, you know, maybe you're now thinking of having to sit in the car one way to go show, you know, for two hours to go show them some rural property that they're never going to buy. Mm -hmm. So the question, and again, these are one, the, the thousands of questions like this come up, but really I'd say working with buyers, you're going to hear maybe 20 different questions on a routine basis, just different buyers. I want a private lot. Well, what does a private lot mean to you, Mr. Buyer? Does it mean, you know, a big lot that you have to spend all your weekends cutting? 
or paying someone to cut for you, or are you just saying you want a lot that's, you know, a backyard that's private where your neighbors don't look in on you? 99% of the time, that's what they want. Mm -hmm. And what they were expressing to you was different than the way you were interpreting it because you didn't know what questions to ask. Mr. Agent, I'm looking for a great deal. And what you think as an agent is not what they're thinking as a consumer. You're thinking, well, they must mean price. And then you're going to say something stupid that you're never actually going to be able to follow through on. I'm going to get you a great price on something. I'm going to da 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 da. You're going to pay market price and you're going to be happy to pay it. That's what the result's going to be. Yeah. But really, what you should be asking is, Mr. What your script is. And again, we teach you all this in coaching. Mr. Buyer, I appreciate the fact you're looking for a great deal. I certainly hear that quite often. What does a great deal mean to you? And then you're going to understand that very rarely does a great deal mean anything to do with money. They're going to say something I can move right into. My lease is up in 90 days. I'm going to move right. I don't have to move twice. I don't have to do a lot of work. I want it to be in this particular neighborhood, this particular location. Price isn't even going to enter. It's not even across their lips. They just want a place to live. So you need to learn to be a professional and ask questions and versus making assumptions. Remember when I was giving you guys examples of the buyers that would show up in our lives when we sold real estate, it happens to all of our thousands, tens of thousands of coaching clients too. And those buyers were working with other realtors previously and those other realtors weren't actually able to you know, get them in contract on a house. Well, it's because those other agents were not being professional. They were trying to be their buddies. They're trying to be their friends. They're trying to bond to the buyer. Or they the were outperforming, acting like the home inspector and the appraiser and the this and the that. And in fact, the buyer didn't actually want anything to do with that. They just wanted to buy the house they wanted. Exactly. And maybe even you met this buyer in an open house. The buyer's like, oh my God, this is great. And this is everything I've always wanted. This is the perfect price. And some of you guys don't know what to ask. You don't know what to say. So you're going to say, well, the open house is over so I can show you houses next Tuesday. I know. Somebody told me a long time ago that buyers never buy at an open house. So, exactly. Yeah. Opposed to saying, well, this house is for sale. Would you like to make an offer? Well, what price should we offer? Well, we know the seller will accept full asking price. I have a contract with me right now. Let's get this house in contract before somebody else does. These are just little simple scripts. You guys have to give yourselves permission to succeed by helping other people accomplish their goals, which are buying in this example or selling homes. You stand in the way of your own success because not knowing what to say. You stand in your way by not knowing what to say. Yes. And, you know, in the coaching program, this all, everything we're talking about, the scripts and the presentation and all of this stuff is what we call buyer mastery. Mm -hmm. So point number three, and we only have one more after that, communicate consistently and by voice. Buyers are nervous about everything all the time. And if they're not hearing from you, you are making their nerves worse. They don't know that you've been looking for properties all day, especially outside of your MLS, if you, or if you're visiting new construction on their behalf or seeing that for sale by owner, if that's a match for them. They don't know you're doing that if you're not telling them. Buyers will ghost you, work with someone else, or simply give up if they don't feel that you're doing your job for them. It is not the buyer's job to bring property to you. It is the opposite. And Julie, but here's another thing. So you always are setting the, the next appointment. You never end any sales appointment without having, if you didn't, yep. for example, find them the right house, that they didn't want to write an offer on something. And I'm remembering all these buyer scripts. They're just rushing back to me, right? Like yeah. the first time you go out with them before you even meet with them to show them the first house, you say you have to give them permission to buy the first house that yes. they see That's right. because you'll have done that. Mr. Mr. Buyer, you know, this, is, this isn't the exact script, but it's the gist of it. So Mr. Buyer, it's been my experience that sometimes the first house I show you is the perfect house for you and it's the house you want to buy. 
And that happens a lot because I've taken some time to get to know what you're interested in. I certainly know the marketplace. And because we're not wasting time looking at houses that aren't a fit for what you're looking for in a price range and all the rest of it. So do not be surprised. The first house I show you is not the exact perfect house and the one you want to buy. But here's the thing. You've got to tell me when you walk into that first house or any of the houses I show you, but I have a feeling the first one's going to be a great one for you and you love it. You've got to tell me so we can write a contract on it because you got to remember there's probably 10 buyers that came in before us. 10 mm -hmm. buyers are going to come in after us. And if you see something that you love, you got to tell me, and I'm asking you right now to take that seriously. So every, when you show up, when we meet to see the first house, make sure you bring your checkbook so we can actually leave it to, you know, we can write the earnest money while we're there writing the contract, actually getting that thing in contract. There's so many little scripts like that, that make it so you're incredibly powerful. So you're more efficient. So you close you sell houses faster. Yes. It's funny because we're both having buyer script flashbacks I and I will never forget. I think you remember this. I could almost name the street. You and I had just learned the greatest buyer script ever, which is so you want to buy it? Yeah, that's it. Okay. And you and I like doubled, we were at the time showing together with a client and we double dog dared each other who would say that script yeah. because neither we're, our like, first we're like, yeah, sure. That's going to work. Right. And I remember walking at the, the, uh, buyer client was walking up the basement steps to go to the first level in front of us. And you and I looked at each other on the steps, like, like who's going to say it, you know? And one of us said, so you want to buy it? And I'll never forget. He turned around and said, well, yeah, I think this is the one. And I think you and I both just about passed out. Well, but, but, but it does work. All you have to do is ask. That's called closing. Well, but you know, it, well, it's knowing what to say, right? Knowing what Knowledge to say. equals confidence. Ignorance equals fear. That's right. And if you don't know what to say, and then you're obviously never going to get into the end zone. You're waiting yeah. for the buyer to tell you they're ready to buy. That's not the way it actually works. You have to give them permission to purchase, even on the upper ends. You'll be shocked how frequently <laughs> the upper end buyers, oh, they bought and sold a million houses. They're usually the ones that need the the most care and feeding because mm -hmm. they're being overly particular or they, you know, just all kinds of different emotional things that are going on. Sure. Learn the scripts and you'll find, by the way, the scripts work in any price range in any market condition. Yep. It's all basically the same. And remember with Julie and I scripts that are all copywritten scripts, we own all of these, but as a license, you know, as a licensee is, you know, using our coaching program, you're allowed to use them as well. So one of the things you got to remember is their scripts are all designed to make it so you are feeling comfortable and confident so that you can do your job effortlessly. A script is obviously something that's written out that you're supposed to memorize, but we don't want you to just use our words. Initially, we want you to use our words. Then we, so it goes memorize, internalize, then personalize. Memorize, internalize, then personalize. Memorize the script first, internalize the script. So you've essentially it's become part of your DNA and then personalize it. What many of you will do, these are the ones that frankly struggle needlessly and usually don't make it in the business very long is they don't memorize, certainly, oh, I don't memorize scripts. They're not for me. That's not my words. I don't feel comfortable saying it. That's not how people talk in my marketplace. I get it. You're not serious. Just say it. You're not serious. So memorize first. Every professional memorizes scripts. Mm -hmm. Obvious ones being actors. All politicians are reading off teleprompters. Everyone who's ever been a professional at anything is reading or essentially using an internalized, if not personalized script. They've learned what to say. And they've just are saying the same thing over and over again. That's what professionals do. If you are using scripts that aren't resulting in you selling houses, it's because your scripts suck. So improve your scripts. It's not that difficult because here's the thing. You got to move past your ego. You got to accept the fact that, you know, it's okay to not know what to say or how to say it, but don't skip right to personalizing. Don't skip right to, I've, you know, I used to, I, I have no sales background. 
you know, I used to, let's say for example, a school teacher or something like that. I know how to, you know, work through things and all the rest of it. I'm going to go to 14 different, you know, YouTube coaches who probably none of them ever sold real estate. And I'm going to go online. I'm going to Google for scripts and then I'm going to put together the perfect script. No, you're not. Why would you do that? Use a script that's proven to work at all market prices and all market conditions, and then memorize it first, even go to the extent that you're reading it in front of them so they know you're trying to really do a thorough job and ask all the right questions. Isn't that what your doctor does when you go to the doctor? Well, how about the airline pilot? Don't they basically say the same thing? You know, welcome to the plane. We'll be cruising at this altitude. You know, we've been cleared as number three for takeoff. They kind of do their same routine. But don't skip right to personalizing. That's the moral of the story here. Don't just try to make it your own and create your own. You do that after you've memorized, after you've internalized, then we want you to add your own little flair to it. We want you to use your own local vernacular and, and Texas throwing the y'alls and all the rest of it, right? Yeah. But don't do that first. Use the scripts that are proven to work. Hopefully, I've made the point. Last that's, point. That's right. And you knew it was coming. Point number four, <laughs> if all of this is stressing you out, be the listing agent. <laughs> You can always refer your buyers to a buyer partner and opt out of all of what we've talked about today, but only when you are a powerful listing agent. You should, however, keep your repeat and referral buyer client, I'm sorry, yes, repeat and referral buyer clients as much as possible, especially when they're listing with you as well. So it's okay to keep, even if you're carrying a lot of listing inventory and you know, you've got 15 listings, some of our coaching clients are, are coming in on about 20 actives now, finally, uh, with the market shift. That's somebody that's managing a lot of transactions and probably has a lot of pendings. We, we don't want yeah. those is what Julie's trying to say. When you, even if you're an absolute fantastic listing agent, um, you know, you worked a very, prof this as a listing agent, you don't have to work nights and weekends if you choose not to. Right. As a listing agent, you don't have to work with buyers if you choose not to. But we do actually, will strongly suggest you always have two or three really good buyers you're working with because the problem with being, the only problem with being a real drill down listing agent is sometimes you lose sight, you lose touch with the marketplace because you're not out there seeing houses every day. And so unless you're previewing houses, which again, we teach you how to do as a listing agent, unless you're doing that, you know, intentionally every single day, you're going to lose sight of what the different inventory is and why something didn't sell or something didn't sell. Mm -hmm. Right. And so this is the reason that we always suggest that you work with two or three uh, buyers, no matter how successful you are as a listing agent. Now, yes, we want you to be incredibly um, picky about the buyers you work with. Upper end buyers, fully pre-qualified buyers, buyers that you know you super duper like, mm -hmm. <laughs> buyers that ideally have houses to sell, and all the rest of the buyers, you maybe not form a buyer agent team, maybe not actually go down the route of adding a big army of people to work with you that you're now responsible for. The move is going to be do what Zillow does. Take those buyer leads and refer them to local agents and charge them a 30 or 35% referral fee. If you're an eXp Realty, that is a fantastic way for you to form the basis of your revenue share group. Don't take those buyers on yourself. Don't think, because what happens is if you actually do the math on working with buyer side transactions, you're going to discover as you form your team, let's say, you're going to hire 10 buyers agents. When Julie and I were selling real estate, it wasn't like this because um, frankly, Zillow wasn't selling buyer leads. If you wanted a buyer lead, you had to work for the buyer lead, do open houses and you had to, the listings and you had to return calls. You, well, had you to got it yourself. You, yeah, you were forced to be a proactively generator. 
all this passive stuff that really is ineffective only really came about after really 2009. That's really when all this stuff started. And you're going to see as we go through this market transition that all these companies that were selling you guys buyer leads, they're all going to go out of business. The marketing branding companies that were selling you guys luxury things, uh, which is marketing branding, they're going to mo largely go out of business. How do I know that? Because we've been in this business for almost 30 years and we've seen four cycles, maybe five like this. And every single time, those are the types of businesses mm -hmm. that go out of, of, of business first. Because the agents who were dependent on buying business and building their business based on branding, in other words, they were passive. They were hoping and praying that people would call them opposed to them knowing what to do. Those are the agents that start to struggle financially first because guess what? The marketing and branding never really worked in the first place and the marketing and branding never really worked to generate listing leads. And if they had just decided to be listing agents and proactively go after listing leads, then they would have these very resilient businesses that were not so dependent on market cycles. That's what we teach you as a coaching client. So the bottom line is point number four is be a listing agent because then you have control. And you guys can understand, I think if you're longtime listeners, as many of you are, why we focus so much on being listing agents. It's because of a market like this. That's why. Yeah, absolutely. So that's where the opportunity is. But of course, we're not anti-buyer. Of course, we're not no, anti-buyer. Buyers make you know the world go around and listing agents need the buyers to sell the listings, of course. But we are very pro-listing and pro-listing agent because of the freedom that you get from that. Freedom from spending money on things like buying buyer leads when you don't have to when you're a listing agent. You're going to get all the buyer leads you can handle and even refer some of those off. So the point of today was making sure that you are clear on why some of you guys get upset and say things like buyers are liars. And why did that buyer run off and, and get in contract on new construction without me? And I, you're not going to believe my buyer bought it for sale by owner. And I've been working with this person for showing them 40 houses. And they went and I, I guess I was just a showing agent because they wrote it with their cousin, right? All of these things that you guys get mad about, it's not the buyer's fault. It's the agent's fault or the broker's fault, <clears throat> excuse me, whichever you may be. It is your fault for not presenting to them how they are supposed to, what the process is supposed to happen. You're supposed to get your pre-approval before you go look at houses. You're supposed to actually know what you're looking for before I just throw anything out there just because it's available and show it to you. There is a process. When you follow that process, the close for the buyer agency signature is simple because they know what they're getting. You try and get that without doing any of this. And of course, they're going to be like, well, why would I do that? So that was the point of today's podcast. It is great. And Julie, I appreciate these notes and the thoroughness of them is impressive. I think you guys will find that when you go over to our website, timandjulieharris.com, or of course you can go uh, download them from iTunes as well, cut and paste them. You will see that these are very thorough notes, but this is just skimming the surface of what you get as a coaching client. So do right now your homework as it is going to be every day. Do text the word Premier to 47372 and join Premier Coaching, guys. It is free for the first 30 days. What are you waiting for? The only people that A, wouldn't text Premier to 47372 are the ones that aren't planning on being in the business. The only ones that wouldn't join after texting uh, Premier to 47372, considering there's no risk at whatsoever at all, and you get a whole bunch of really amazing stuff, and you get a daily semi-private coaching call, you coaching session, you having your toughest questions answered, you feeling motivated, having a sense of direction. The only reason you wouldn't do it then is because you're not serious about your business. And I realize that. That is just the nature of humans. So for those of you who are serious about your businesses and you want to thrive because of this market, text the word Premier to 47372. Guys, listen, sincerely, thank you for keeping this number one listen to daily podcast for real estate professionals in at least the United States. It is truly our pleasure and our honor. Julie and I uh, have not been more excited 
to be real estate coaches. I can't even remember, you know, more than 10 years, frankly, because of the shifting market. We've been waiting for this market because this is the perfect time for you guys to become listing agents. This is going to be a sea change for the industry where the agents who have never really learned the skill sets and how to build businesses that, you know, the old rule, don't build a mansion on land you don't own. Well, all you guys who've been building your businesses based on, you know, buying business and all this other stuff, you're, please do heed our warning, change urgently, become a proactive lead generator, start becoming more particular in who you work with. You guys are so blind to focusing on, I want to sell more units. Well, why do you want to sell more units? I want to sell more houses. Well, why do you want to sell more houses? Let's have a conversation. This is what Premier Coaching is all about, about actually increasing the net profit from your business, increasing the amount of freedom you experience as a result of being a real estate professional. You don't have to buy back your freedom by delegating everything. You just have to become more particular on who you work with. And when you do that, you're going to find yourself feeling so much more proud of yourself. And frankly, your life is going to be much easier. You're going to have more consistent cash flow. You're not going to have real estate night sweats. You'll still have them occasionally. You can't ever, you know, wash that out of you. You know, when you own your own business, you're running constant 24 seven antivirus software, right? Yep. But at the end of the day, you are going to succeed because of this market. Text the word premier to 47372. Anything else you'd like to say to these guys? Well, Julie? just a quick shout out to a coaching client, Larissa in Missouri. We were working on building her proactive lead generation. We talked about, you know, talking to your database. We've done podcasts on that too. She sent me a really funny text a minute ago. She said, I, I just had 10 actual conversations with my past clients and every single one of them was thrilled to hear from me. I can't believe I didn't think to do this sooner. Yeah. So I said, keep up the good work. Don't stop. Don't stop. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you guys on the show tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.